And we are, of course, anxiously awaiting your home improvement type of questions, either by phone or by text for Andy Lindis. Call it in, text it in, 651-461-9226. Andy, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. I hope you are, too. And I hope you had a busy week, but I guess I'm guessing now that probably goes without saying. <laughs> you did. Yes. Yes. You know, um, I did uh, have some travel this week. I ended up in uh, New Jersey um, flew in there on uh, Wednesday morning and then had meetings at uh, GAF corporate office there in Parsippany on uh, Wednesday and Thursday and then uh, flew back home Friday. So unfortunately, we uh, we were supposed to get a big tour of uh, the new uh, R&D um, area of GAF, but they had uh, sent everybody home on Thursday to work from home because of the wildfire smoke. When we oh, landed yeah. on Wednesday... It like visibility was a hundred yards, Denny. It was like uh, oh, I thought we were landing in fog. I mean, I knew about the wildfires and the and the smoke in the area, but I didn't expect it to be like a dense fog when we landed on Wednesday. It was uh, it's pretty sketchy. Um, it was a it was kind of a rough landing too. We hit the we hit the deck a little bit harder than normal. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, saw footage. It, uh, it it can't imagine how it affected. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I made Everybody. the uh, mistake Wednesday uh, afternoon trying to go for a, uh, a hike. I uh, put a bunch of uh, rocks in my backpack and tried doing a, a pack hike, getting ready for uh, a mountain hunt I have this fall. And, uh, yeah, no, the uh, I was breathing pretty heavy really quickly and, and turned around and thought better of it. Again, the 100 yard uh, of visibility isn't something like I've ever had before in, in, in wildfire smoke, but it, it cleared up markedly on Thursday. And we still uh, got to meet with some of the best contractors in the country and, and go over some of the new products that maybe GAF has coming down the, the pipeline. But uh, it, uh, I was a little disappointed to, to not go through the R&D part of the, uh, the, the factory there. What, uh, in the meantime, what did you find out? I mean, what, what did you observe there? You know, it was mainly talking with other contractors and what they are seeing in, in their marketplaces and the type of roofing that they do. It really surprises me that some of the best of the best contractors around the country, um, although do good work, still um, aren't uh, doing as many of the designer shingles or class four shingles or hail resistant shingles like uh, like we are up here in the Twin Cities. I think some of it has to do with that we have a, maybe more hail that comes through our area of the world, and uh, I have uh, more experience with. You know, we're meeting customers on a regular basis that are getting their second roof in, in 10 years or third roof in 10 years in, in some instances. So um, the, the going to the, the class four shingle is, is important. One thing that was clear that, that the insurance industry and the shingle industry are, are changing and, and, and how we deal with the claim processes will be changing. And we're going to start to see a lot more. Um, I just was looking at one the other day. It's, it's 5%. Of the home's value is the deductible. Now think about that, Denny. What your home value is and what that deductible is, the $10,000 deductible on a roof, it's going to become more and more common you know, in the, in the next you know, one to five years from now. You're going to be able to see that more. So it makes a lot more sense to invest in a Class 4 shingle. Yes, it is a little bit more money, but it might be a lot less expensive than actually what your deductible is going to be. So so imagine this. It's $5,000 more to put this roof on right now. But if you get hail again, your deductible is going to be in that ten dollars to $12,000 range. So by, by spending the $5,000 right now, you might be saving yourself $7,000 in, in, in the long haul. So it's something to think about, something to to at least weigh out your options if you're going through the process right now or at any point in the future 
on getting a new roof. I think it, it should be something discussed. And if you're not going over the fine details of what your insurance policy says um, right now and, and going and talking to your – and this is something you should do on an annual basis. It's whoever you're buying your insurance from, just go over your policy with them and, and just make sure that you're all on the same page and what your deductibles are and how the process should go. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Let us uh, grab a phone call. Jim's calling in from uh, Brainerd, I believe, this morning. Jim, hi. What's your question for Andy? Yeah, I'll I'll try to make it quick. Um, My lady friend built a uh, garage that's about 20 yards away from her house, and she had it insulated and completely sheetrocked on the inside. And I'm trying to figure out, she had a little bit of mold issues uh, before, and so she had the insulation removed from the ceiling part of the garage last summer. And now this winter, the mold, black mold just spread throughout the entire uh, lower, the ceiling portion. And we were going to initially clean it up, uh, you know, with the cleaning solutions that we uh, look, looked up, and but I went up into the the attic in the ceiling, and there's little spots of black mold. But I went up into the the attic in the ceiling, and there's little spots of black mold. Uh, not many, but in the corners, it's kind of heavy, like a smoky type of mold growing in there. And there's a plastic vapor vapor between the sheetrock and the rafters of the ceiling. And so we're wondering, do we need to remove that sheetrock from the ceiling? Or is there anything we can do to remedy the, the, the problem? Yeah, here's, so here's what's happening. It's good that you have a vapor barrier there. So you, you might be able to get away without having to remove the actual ceiling itself. If you can treat all of the mold, and I would, I would test it to make sure that the mold has gotten out there. And it might, might even be worth it to have a company that specializes in, in mold abatement at least take a look at it. And so you can get rid of all of the mold. But then you're going to have to insulate that area. So what, what's happening is you're having warm air meet a cold surface that's causing condensation when that condensation is, is, is creating the environment for the mold to grow. So you're going to have to do something to get that, that warm air from, from getting into a cold surface, and that's insulation. And I'm guessing there's not the proper amount of ventilation on this building either. So all of those things are going to have to be addressed if you do not want this to happen again. But you're going to want to make sure that all of that mold is taken care of before you do any of the other things. You don't want to, you know, have to deal with mold uh, down the future and remove any of the insulation that you already put in there. So you're going to have to address the mold and then get it properly insulated and ventilated, and hopefully you won't have to deal with this again. You find uh, – thanks for the call. Appreciate that. you find any when, when you and your crews are, are looking at the attics? Is mold pretty common? I, I hate to think it is, but uh, you're the common one enough. see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's common enough. If, if you have condensation issues, you know, we get into attics you know, at times of the year, Denny, and it's like raining in there because it's, it's created so much frost on the roof deck that, that as it warms up, it starts to rain inside that attic. So you, any, type you have, any, any area that's enclosed that way that can have that type of moisture, it's going to be a, a perfect spot for mold to grow. And so attics is a spot that we more often, if we're finding mold anywhere in the house, it's the attic area that we're finding it. We run into mold in those areas than, more than any other area of the house. 
Okay. Hang on, Andy. We're going to take a quick break. Let's invite our listeners to join in uh, on the conversation. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, you can phone it in or you can text it in, either one. Here's the number that will get you either, 651-461-9226. We have moved right now to 77 here in the Twin Cities on our way to near 80. Stay with us here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, we welcome yours for Andy Lindis at 651-461-9226. You can make it a phone call or you can make it a text, whichever is easier for you. 651-461-9226. Uh, Andy, a text have, uh, came in earlier wanting to know what are the advantages and disadvantages of using one-inch foam board with tongue and groove versus not tongue and groove for undersiding. You want to grab that one? Well, if you're taping the seams like you should, um, then I don't think it's that big of a difference. I think the 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 install is, is a little bit easier without. But having said that, I would uh, take a look into the Insultex R6 house wrap. Um, then you don't have to worry about building out the windows and things of that nature that you have to do when you're installing one-inch foam on on a wall with, with siding. That's why a lot of times when you see siding get installed with foam, you're, they're going to be using um, the, you know, the, the 3 8 inch fan fold. Now, one thing you can do, the uh, horizontal seams, you can Z-flash instead of, instead of using a tape, and I would make sure that you do that. That way the tongue groove isn't that big of a deal there at all. Um, that'll, and, and it still leaves you a spot for a vapor or for, for a drainage plane for water to get out to the edge. But for me, we don't use one inch foam never. And, uh, because, you know, with our, what is it? Uh, three millimeters thick, the R6 foam that we have, uh, our R6, uh, insulation with a foam on it, it's only three millimeters thick. And that's the cool part about Insultex. No matter how much you compress it, the air pockets never burst. It's an evacuated cell. That's why we can get an R value that's greater than one inch foam when it's the, just about the same thickness as an ordinary house wrap. Boy, that's pretty neat. Um, there was a question about uh, roofing, but there, another one just came in. Uh, just had Lindis uh, to my home, or a rep, whoever didn't give a name, to give a bid on window replacement. Great experience. Well, that's always nice to hear. It is. It is, it is. Um, you know, we take a lot of time in making sure that we can answer every question that we possibly can, and hopefully uh, they, uh, there would be uh, window customers, because if you're impressed with the, uh, the estimation process on windows, wait till you see what my uh, installers do. I get more five-star reviews from my window department than almost any department at Linus Construction. It seems like every project we work on, the customers are, uh, go out of their way to tell me how happy they are. You know, we <clears throat> excuse me missed it last week. I'm losing my voice. Um, uh, uh, but a listener wanted to. I wish I had it in front of me. But they wanted you to explain the material that um, the Marvin windows we talk about. Uh, what 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 is that material that, that we mention from time to time? Well, the, the the Infinity Window by Marvin has the uh, the Altrex material, which is like a fiberglass material, um, but in a it's a step up from that. So, but the cool part is the glass and the frame all have the exact same expansion and contraction issues. So we don't have any seal failure on it. We have a wider glass pack that we actually use. This way, uh, 
you know, I always tell people um, I have a uh, a room that uh, it's what we call our, our workout room area. I haven't been in there nearly as often as I probably should lately. Um, working on that though, Denny. But like when we had the polar vortex, I designed this room around the biggest windows Infinity would make, and the reason I did that is the larger the window, the the more easily they fail. If there's going to be failure in Windows, the larger the window, the easier it's going to be to fail. So I wanted to see, literally order that. Make it as big as you feel comfortable making. And I ordered four of them. And then we framed the room around those windows. But during the polar vortex, I had my thermostat in there set at 72. And I believe it was 76 when it was 16 below outside at 1 in the afternoon because of the solar heat gain that those windows were offering up to that room. The lower that the sun gets in the horizon, the better those windows work for solar heat gain in the wintertime, which is nice in the wintertime because it lowers your heating bills. And as we get to this time of the year, as the sun gets higher in the horizon, the more of that sun's energy is reflected. So it uh, leads to better cooling costs. It literally, it's a window designed for our area of the world. And one of the nice things, Denny, is I have almost zero warranty complaints now in the hundreds of uh, customers that we have in the Twin Cities metro area. And that is why we continue to use the Infinity Window as our lead window, and and will continue to use it, and 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 just it's make a good product made for this area of the world. And I highly recommend if you're looking at windows, at least get a price on what Infinity's cost. What uh, what kind of glass is in those windows at your place? You know, it's uh, the stainless steel spacer with the the glass made by Cardinal. So it's uh, again all the, the the major manufacturers use kind of the same spacer system. Um, but you're going to notice that the, the spacer system, the width of our spacer system is wider than, than some of the others. And what I've noticed is we also have our, our season guard window, which offers a, a triple pane glass. And we have those installed in our office on the same wall, the triple pane window and then the infinity double pane window. And when it's in the wintertime, when we take temperature readings of the inside pane of glass, the infinity window is always a degree or two warmer than the triple pane. And I really do think that's because of the thermal transfer that's happening. It's just that it's too narrow of a space for that to happen. So you're going, even though there's three panes of glass versus two, the, the, the double pane window seems to be warmer in the, in, the, in the wintertime on the inside pane than the other one, which leads to less condensation. The warmer surface on the inside of the glass, Denny, the better mm-hmm. off you are in the wintertime for condensation issues. If you're getting a lot of frost buildup on your windows, chances are that inside pane is too cold or you have too high of humidity in your home. One of those two things or both of those things is happening. All right. I'm getting a bit of a signal here. Time to take a break for that weather forecast, so stay with us. We've got about another half hour of the show to go. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, love to hear from you. 651-461-9226. The weather straight ahead here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO.
Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, we'd love to hear from you. Andy Lindis answering those particular questions, 8449-LINDIS. If you want to get in touch with those good folks for any particular plans you might have at your house. Uh, our phone number is also our text number, 651-461-9226. Uh, let's see if I can catch up on some of these text messages. Here's one. They have a, a type of a vinyl-sided house, Andy, that faces south. The siding and the garage door have really faded, and their question is, can the siding and or door be brightened? If so, is there a good product to use? What about that? I know you love steel siding, and I know you love uh, what is the other one you love? Steel, steel is one of the tops. I know that LP, LP smart side. Yeah, um, and both. You know, worst case scenario, twenty five, thirty five years down the road, you have to re- repaint the the home. And could you repaint vinyl siding? Um, yes, yes, you could. Um, it doesn't seem to last nearly as long. Is there a way to brighten it up? Not really. This is one of the reasons why we don't really ever choose. One, when you look at what vinyl costs compared to the other materials, it's not that that crazy of a difference or that big of a leap anymore. And 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 two, it, it's just a matter of time before before it fades. And you hope that it fades uniformly, but it always doesn't seem to go that way. And the expansion and contraction that the vinyl siding has just not something I like to to install in the exterior of homes in in our area. Outside of you know years ago, it was installed all the time, especially in new construction because of how cheap it was, or you know, we call it the uh, the home builder uh, the new construction mullet where they put the uh, LP in the front of the house and then vinyl sidings down the side and the back um, because uh, you know just from aesthetics it just isn't isn't as pleasing as some of the other products out there. So, but the uh, for from a cost standpoint. They would install it on the hidden parts of the house. So we we get a lot of projects that way where we're installing three sides of the house because uh, the front was brick or parts of the house is brick and and the rest of it was vinyl. It's just stuff that is supposed to last in that you know ten to twenty year range, and then you're it's uh, replaced. It's not a great product, and it's just there's no way to really rejuvenate it outside of painting it. All right. Let's grab a phone call. Paul is uh, calling in this morning, I believe, from uh, St. Paul Park. Paul, thanks for calling. What's your question for Andy Lindis? Uh, yes, sir. Good morning. Uh, just got a question. Back in 2016, I called in. We uh, discussed spray foam insulation, close cell, and I had the house sprayed uh, three and a half in the, in the walls, uh, five and a half in the ceilings. And what I've experienced, uh, unbeknown, was a lot of expansion i believe and contraction which kind of bumps bumps cracks and makes a lot of noise upon temperature change also the clouds moving or the sun popping out all of a sudden you hear like a boom boom and it's almost like things are shifting up there have you experienced that in any of the houses that you've done or is that normal that would be my question Hmm. um when I've seen that happen, it's usually because the spray foam maybe was installed too thick and it's pulled away from areas, creating air pockets. So it's not a uniform temperature, and that's where you're hearing the, the, the boom, boom. But I'd, I'd have to look more into it. If you can see, you, it's usually pretty obvious, especially with infrared imaging, once uh, it's a little bit cooler outside, that you can see where where those things are happening. I would uh, I would do need to do further inspection to in, to figure out exactly what is going on but we this isn't something that 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 we hear 
happening on a regular basis, if at all, on, on most of our customers. Having said that, when we do see issues with spray foam, it's more than likely an installation issue. So I would, that's where I would start my investigation. As far as spray foam, uh, I'm thinking of our house here that uh, Linda's uh, did years ago a couple times. What, generally speaking, uh, with your insulation jobs, how thick is the layer that uh, your folks put on the put in the attic? Generally, you know, um, it, if you're if you're putting down five and a half inches of spray foam like this customer, I, I believe yeah. that should be done in three layers, if I uh, if I remember correctly. But there's a definite. Uh, the amount of spray foam and making sure that the attic temperature is conditioned. You know, if you put it in in too cold of an area, it's not going to adhere to the the the, the roof decking and the the trusses like it would normally. It would start to pull away and shrink, and that can be the popping. So, but I believe when it's put on that much, it should be put on in in two layers. But I'm I'm not positive of that. Okay, two or three layers when it's five and a half inches. But I'll, I'll double check, Denny. Okay. This uh, text, or by the way, if you have a home improvement question and still have time for years, call it in or text it in, 651-461-9226. Uh, this listener says, I'm wondering if you have heard of the cupping effect on house windows. What causes it, and is there a way to alleviate it? I've heard texter says it's a pressure issue. Are you aware of that term, Andy? And if you are, what is that? I mean, I know tires get that, but what about windows? Well, what I think they're referring to is where the center of the glass, again, the larger the window, the easier this is to happen, um, where they become closer together at the center of the glass. And this is why you see condensation, if you notice, like in a circle around the outside of your window uh, in the springtime as it's, you know, it's getting warmer and colder and we have those big fluctuations in temperatures, um, you'll see like that circle of condensation on the outside of your window. Because you have the the warm or you know cold cold air or warm air eating meeting a warmer cold surface and that's what it's creating there. And the closer that glass is together, the easier that is to happen. Now, with a the inferior spacer system, um, unlike the stainless steel, that might be easier for that to happen. And that's why there's maximums with the infinity window and the windows that we install on how big we can actually make them. So we know if we go any bigger than that, we could have cupping. And that's why there's limitations in the size of the windows that we can install. But if right. people don't take those limitations into consideration or use an inferior um, spacer system, then, then the cupping can be a real issue and can lead to mold on the inside of the windows and condensation on the outside. The bad part about that condensation, Denny, is it's going to create little dust particles that collect into that water. And as it dries, it makes those, those windows start to look dirtier and dirtier on the exterior of the home. Speaking of dirty windows, uh, Texter wants to know, what product or products do you like to use to clean windows? See, for me, um, I just have to spray them down, uh, my Infinities down with water um, once a year, and I use a, a, a squeegee with an extended thing and uh, just squeegee them off. They're, they're, they're the coating on the exterior of the windows it leads itself to be almost self-cleaning, Denny. So no kidding. Um, yeah, one time in the three years, I've I've done that squeegee process on them, but it was mainly because I had a aggressive robin that would see his reflection in this uh, row of six windows I have along the upper edge of in my shed. They're more like uh, skylights. You really can't see out of them. They're just let light in. They're you know twelve feet up off the ground. 
And this Robin would uh, go from window to window, headbutting himself, so he left marks all along the window, and that's why I had to actually get the squeegee out for that one. Little territorial Robin action there, yeah. Little territorial Robin didn't didn't like the reflection of him of of, of himself in the springtime. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Texter wants to know how do you stop squeaky deck boards? I would uh, tighten the fasteners. Um, it could be too um, that if they've expanded at all and the edges are next to each other and that's what's rubbing. But chances are there's some fasteners that need to be tightened. That's the, the what screws the deck down. Well, I just wonder, of course, it doesn't say here in the text, but I wonder if these were nailed down, screwed down, if they're hidden-type fasteners. I guess that's uh, that's the variable you'd have to find out, right? That's it. If they're nailed down, um, you know, sinking some new screws in might not be the, the, the worst thing in the world for you. But yeah. it all depends on the material that the deck boards are made out of as well. All right. Uh, I tell you what, they're telling me we need to take a break. So let's do that. Uh, inviting our listeners. We still have a few minutes for your home improvement questions. So by all means, call us or text us 651-461-9226. It's the Home Improvement Show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Home Improvement Show. We are here every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour welcoming those home improvement questions for Andy Lindis, either by phone or by text, as usual, 651-461-9226. Andy, let's see if we can't catch up on uh, some of our uh, listeners' uh, questions before we run out of time. Uh, Any suggestions, this listener says, on products for patching cement driveway cracking? concrete driveway cracking little holes in it what would you do about that that's those are kind of pesky things yeah i don't uh think you can really just patch like the uh, some cracking and holing on 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 a driveway at least long term but if uh i was having issues with my cement driveway i'd take pictures of it i'd go to my nearest gemstone store and Show them what's going on, and uh, if they don't have the product for you there, they'll they'll point you in the direction of the right professional that you'll have to contact in order to get it fixed, uh, if if that's the case. But um, uh, Denny, have you ever tried to uh, to fix any surface cracks or spalling on your on your exterior concrete driveway? Uh, you know, fortunately, my driveway has uh, was it was I was really had a, some good luck. The driveway itself is twenty three years old. Uh, concrete and it, it's got nary a crack in it. I mean, it's perfect condition. My old garage floor, however, <laughs> they must not have let it cured right or whatever. There were all sorts at the time, uh, all sorts of spalling, and uh, you know you've got you've got a lot of these fillers that you can use, and maybe they've improved them more uh, these days. But like you said, it's it's just like a kind of a band aid in a way, and I know it's expensive. So I mean, if you if you have a limited budget. Uh, I would just uh, do what Andy said. Talk to the pros there at any uh, Semstone location, and they might have an idea or two and certainly maybe even products that uh, that will help you out. But, yeah, C-E-M-S-T-O-N-E, local company, Semstone. Check them out for that. Uh, here's a listener question, Andy, about uh, wondering if there's a good time of year. What's the best time of the year to have your attic spray foam? Good question. You know, um, as long as it's getting above 40 degrees, 
I think uh, think you're okay. Having said that, you know, we were in some attics a couple weeks ago. One of my uh, estimators was in an attic, and it was 130 degrees in there. It's not a good environment to do anything when it's that warm. So sometimes conditioning the space is needed, and we'll address that uh, depending on the time of the year to make sure that our install goes properly. As long as those things are being addressed and thought through, uh, there's not any time of year that's better than the other. Um, the one thing you just need to make sure of is that the, the space is over 40 degrees while it goes through the curing process. Um, and that's, you know, for you know that, that first 24 hours. You want to make sure everything cures as, as good as it possibly can and adheres to the things it's supposed to adhere to. It doesn't shrink too much or too little, and, and you're, in, you're in a good spot then. We had an earlier question a bit ago about uh, stopping squeaky deck boards. And there's a follow-up question from our listener who said, uh, I'm installing millboard. It looks like the shape of some of the boards is tapered, so the bases are slightly touching, causing that squeak. What do you think about that uh, that comment? Then uh, I would uh, go back to the installation instructions with millboard and make sure they're getting installed properly. Um, it's not something that, that we have experienced with that product at all, and um, my guess is it's not getting installed in the way it should. But you you uh, have had great results from that product, have you not? Correct, and it should not squeak at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, this listener uh, had a question about uh, painting and staining. He or she says, I have cedar shake siding with redwood on the front. I assume they say it was originally coated with a stain, oil-based, and has been painted over a few times. The paint is peeling, and I was wondering about options for future coverage, such as paint, etc. Well, if it's got layers on it, what would you do if you uh, given the budget? Um, I would try to remove all of the paint on the redwood and, and, and then go back to an oil-based stain. I think you're just better off in the long run with that. Now, having said that, if they, you know, patched up all the knots and, and whatnot underneath that to go to a solid color, that's, you're going to be, it's going to be an impossible process to, to go through. It's not going to ever look good with an oil-based stain. You're always going to have to have a solid color. So I would more than likely... My get my guess is you're going to have to go back to solid color, but if at all you could remove all of that paint and go back to oil-based stain, that's that's what I would do. And then, uh, but I'd also look at what the costs are for new siding at this point in time. Once you're going through mm-hmm. all those costs, it's at least worth exploring. When you're talking about siding that's that old, when you're when you're putting on new siding, you're addressing any air infiltration issues, water infiltration issues, and have to worry about anything rotting again. So you know, um, yeah, it might be a, a, a more expensive. In, in the beginning, but if you were to factor in when, when you're going to have to paint this house again and the maintenance costs of the of the wood siding over the next X amount of years, however you're going to be in this house, I think sometimes those decisions get, uh, you're, you're going to be surprised in what the dollars actually and the numbers actually tell you to do. Yeah. Good point. Uh, Texter says, please ask Andy, what is the best way of stripping paint off patio deck railings? That's something you don't have to do anymore. <laughs> Right. Yes, sir. You know what um, a job. What a job. And last time I used the the Bear uh, paint stripper um, product, and you know it's a citrus based one, I believe. It uh, you know you spray it on, it makes everything bubble off, and then I used a pressure washer with the proper setting. 
and remove some of that. Having said that, you're more than likely going to end up doing some sanding. Once you do some sanding, you're going to want to reapply a brightener conditioner and then an oil-based stain. And again, when you go through all of that process, looking at some maintenance-free rail systems and just installing that might be the ticket. Even if you're going to keep a cedar deck, a maintenance-free rail system on a cedar deck, just imagine uh, you don't have to paint the railings ever again. The decking part, yeah, that's 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 easy enough to stain. But going after the rails and removing the paint and all that fun jazz, not fun. I'd get rid of the the <laughs> if it was in my budget, the railing would be coming off, and I'd be putting on uh, metal spindles or some of the other maintenance-free rail systems that are available out there. Oh yeah, Linda's did that at our house years ago. Boy, what a difference! <laughs> You're right. That other stuff is really a labor of love. And that isn't necessarily going to look that good either after you do all that work. Anyway, uh, we got a minute to go, Andy. Any uh, special deals here with, through Linda's Construction? What, what are we talking about this month of June? 75% off installation labor on the installation of GAF asphalt roofing, Infinity Windows by Marvin, and LeafGuard gutter system. The only gutter system guaranteed to never clog, or we will come out and clean it for free. And uh, what I always like to tell people is we have almost uh, over 75,000 customers now in the Twin Cities metro area, and our service department is still one person strong. So strongest warranty in the industry, and we just have a guy, one guy that handles any warranty issues, and he's not all that busy, Denny. Well, and and as far as those uh, beautiful GAF shingles that we have in our house that you guys put on many years ago, uh, can folks, folks can still do that before the year's up, right? Absolutely. Um, almost every department, uh, windows, uh, decking, leaf guard gutters, roofing, uh, you uh, still have the opportunity to meet with us and get it installed and enjoy it this year and, and not have to worry about uh, next winter. And hopefully we don't set another record with snowfall because no. I don't know if uh, our roofs in Minnesota can handle another year like last year. It was, no, that was boy, some... we dealt with a lot of leaks last year. Um, it's uh, not, not on roofs that we installed, but then any roof that was older than 10 years old last year and that last year's winter seemed to have some issues. 8449 Lindus, if you want to get in touch this uh, coming Monday. Andy, thanks so much. We'll uh, do this again next week if you're available, please. Yes, sir. All right. Andy Lindus from Lindus Christmas. Yeah, give him a call. 8449 Lindus. Keep in mind, our health show tomorrow morning here on CCO in the 7 to 8 o'clock hour will be featuring dementia and Alzheimer's, welcoming. Your calls. That'll be tomorrow. In the Twin Cities right now, partly cloudy skies. Uh, The air is calm. Dew point at 59. Getting a little sticky out there. 77 degrees.